Welcome back to another episode of Everyday Man of God Ministries. I want to talk a little bit tonight about idols. I know it's an old story, but we're going to talk about idols, and we're going to talk in the future about images and uh, Egypt. Um, Spoiler alert, today's obviously about just idols. We're going to look at, we could have, I should have looked at, over 90 different verses, maybe 105, something like that. But we're not going to go through all of them for the sake of time. We may go to them at another point point in time. Um, and we'll talk about Egypt. That was what I was going to say about spoiler alert. We'll talk about Egypt in the future. There's over, what, 550 different verses, and they're not all good. Uh, not at all. Um, so, and I, I say that because we talk about the Alexandrian side and the Antioch side, Alexandrian being Egypt and Antioch not, and yet we, the Bible speaks a lot of against Egypt and not against Antioch, so that should be a clue. But today we want to talk about idols, and that's an old story, I know. We talk about uh, worshiping of idols. Now, as Protestants will do, they'll, they'll accuse the Roman Catholic Church of worshiping idols, which they're absolutely right. Protestants are absolutely right. Um, so now someone's going to wonder, well, you must be a Protestant. Well, you can put me in that category if you need to be, um, but I do not go to a church building. So um, I don't get involved with that. I don't believe in them, so to speak. I definitely don't believe in the 501c3 version or any other tax-exempt version of a church that I'm unaware of. I think it's wrong, and I think it's sinful. Um, it's a shame that people feel that they must do that. Now, I am all for gatherings and getting together, um, but one must be very careful to not yoke themselves with unbelievers just to satisfy our own flesh of being with others we think are believers. Some are on a superficial level. And idols... We talk about this all the time. Now, we, we talk about how they build all these uh, idols in, in, in the Vatican and everywhere else. Um, Protestants are also worshippers of idols in different ways. Uh, yes, they don't have these big giant statues in, the, uh, in their churches of Vatican, but they still have images. They have glass. And, and all these things are the same thing, graven images. Now, right off the top, we're going to talk about exactly that. Um, the very first two verses we're going to go over are in Leviticus. So, if this is your first time tuning into this podcast, I read only from the King James Version. That's it. I'm in the King James. And I'm not going to get into the discussion right now which one, 1611, 1769, 1780. We're not, I'm not playing that game because that is an absolutely foolish game created by demonic spirits that people like to get involved with. So, if you turn your Bible to Leviticus 19, chapter 19, verse 4, and read with me, or silently, either way is fine. Turn ye not unto idols, nor make to yourselves molten gods. I am the Lord your God. Now, what does molten mean? See, we, we really don't talk about that. And, you know, it's not until recently that I really decided to look up the actual true definition of, well, molten. But what does it mean? 
and I thought to myself, well, obviously that has to do with lava and, and, and stuff like that, molten lava. I'm not an expert in science, nor do I, and nor will I ever claim to be even close to being one. But what is it? It's liquefied heat. What uses liquefied heat? Bronze statues. Bronze statues use liquefied heat. Back then, a little back then, and even now today. So, immediately we notice anything with bronze statues, or wouldn't that be a molten god? If you're a god, a god is made out of molten. A god. I say a god because all these little gods and Zeus's and all these other things and pagan history that went over to the, just only sidestepped over to the Vatican. And obviously we know, I mean, there's enough history and enough paperwork and document uh, documented paperwork out there that tells you what it was, even if you didn't read the Bible, which it says it in the Bible, but apparently that wasn't good enough, um, that proves this. So molten gods are, made, are molten images. It's liquefied heat, bronze statues. Well, not everything is bronze. You're right. So let's go to Leviticus, as I pronounce that properly. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 1. Ye shall make you no idols, nor graven image, neither rear you up a standing image. Now, when I've made my arguments, arguments in the past, I, I really never talked about standing, you know, well, it's just, it's just a, you know, it's a statue to, you know, represents. Well, it's a standing image. It's, it, see, here's the thing about Protestants and Roman Catholic people, and the church itself is just evil anyways, but they will tell you and they'll try to get around all these things. I'm like, well, it's not this one. It's a sta- is it not a standing image? Well, yes, but it's not a, well, then why do you have to clarify it? Why do you have to justify it? If the Bible says no, why do you still continue to do it? Well, the Pope says, well, the Pope's an idiot. The Pope isn't, well, I guess he's not an idiot. He's smart enough to fool that many people, I guess. Um, But we can get into the the reasons why people are are fooled. Once people are, are, are aware of the truth and they find the truth, they turn from those church buildings and they move in the right direction. So to finish off this verse... Neither shall ye set up any image of stone in your land to bow down unto it, for I am the Lord your God. So marble is a stone. Stone comes in different ways, whether it be, well, Micah's a mineral, but so marble is a stone, and that was popularly used back in those days and even well past. So what do you do with that? It's a stone. It's a carved stone. I mean, I, I don't know how it can't be any more obvious than that, but, you know. Here's another one. Leviticus chapter 26, verse 30. And I will destroy your high places and cut down your images and cast your carcasses upon the carcasses of your idols. And my soul shall abhor you. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. Now, we talked about the, the okay, bronze, maybe uh, maybe there's an argument to be had there, liquefied heat, but what about the stones? Well, okay, you got stones, marble. I mean, it can't be everything. Well, maybe it is. 
Deuteronomy chapter 29, verse 17. And ye have seen their abominations and their idols, wood and stone, silver and gold, which were among them. Well, so now you got wood, you got stone, silver, gold, any molten images like bronze. It's amazing how the Bible is so perfect for then and so perfect for now. It tells you what was going on then, which is happening now. Absolutely blows your mind. I, I just, I'm amazed by this that no one sees this and just continues along the merry little way because it, they, they like to justify their own flesh or what they want. Um, just like uh, some Christians, they, they, they need or think they need and they will have to have um, these certain things. Well, those are what you think you need to have. What does the Bible say? It is not about what you think you should have, or what you desire, or what's your flesh. Now, flesh isn't always just like a selfish sexual thing. Flesh is flesh of want, of what you think you need. But what does the Bible say? And to me, at the end of the day, that's the simplest thing in the world. What does the Bible say? And once you can wrap yourself around that, your mind around that, once you can commit yourself to that, which can be a very difficult place, and, and there's going to be some upcoming podcasts where I talk about that and, and how the Bible does talk about persecution and isolation, solitude. And people, no, the Lord said we'd never be lonely. No, the Lord said you would never be lonely without him. Or I should say with him. Didn't say you, you won't be lonely. I'm going to bring you all these people and you're going to have all these huge tent gatherings and all these things and all this dancing and, and all. No, that's not what he means. It, you can have dances and praises, but there'll come a time when there's not. So if you're fulfilling that need now, what do you do when it's taken away? If you don't put yourself in that situation, you will never have a loss of something you never held on to or felt you needed to because all you need is God. All you need is the Bible. All right, we're going to go to 1 Kings chapter 21, verse 26. And he did very abominably in following idols, according to all things, as did the Amorites, whom the Lord cast out before the children of Israel. I like that. I just want to throw that one in there. 2 Kings chapter 17, verse 12. For they served idols, whereof the Lord had said unto them, Ye shall not do this thing. So if the Lord is telling you not to do it, why do you do it? Because your priest says maybe? The Pope says maybe? That you should? Well, I don't care what that man says. I don't care what any pastor in a church tells me to do. Is what he's telling me... Is what he's telling me to do what the Bible tells me to do? And that's important. I've talked about this before. We fact-check these politicians and everything like that. Do we fact-check them, the pastors, the priests, or any kind of ordained person? No. I know of an ordained minister. This is not, this is not a lie at all. It's not a surprise. It's funny, sad, however you want to look at it. He's an ordained minister. And he smokes like a chimney and swears. Yeah, that's the guy that should be leading any church. You know, it reminds me of a woman the other day. She got this beautiful gold cross on her necklace. Not one of those big Celtic ones. I see people wearing those, but, you know, beautiful little cross. And it's very pretty. 
you know, a sin, but very pretty. And she had the foulest mouth. Yeah. And you're wearing cross and calling yourselves Christian. Remember, Lady Gaga and all those people, I shouldn't say Lady Gaga, Beyonce once called herself Christian. Katy Perry calls herself a Christian. Amy Grant calls herself a Christian. Yeah. That word is so loosely thrown around. When someone tells you, he goes, and you say, are you a Christian? Yes, I'm a Christian. That, that word means absolutely nothing in that, in that context, that conversation. When you ask somebody if they're Christian, they say yes. It means absolutely nothing. You need to ask further questions. All right, we're going to go to 2 Kings 23, verse 24. Chapter 23, verse 24. Moreover, the workers with familiar spirits and the wizards, and the images, and the idols, and all the abominations that were spied in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem, did Josiah put away that he might perform the words of the law which were written in the book that Hilkiah the priest found in the house of the Lord. Do you see how the word idol, idols, is right in the same line as spirits and wizards and images? That's not a mistake. That's, that's not a printing error at all. It's, and again, I'll repeat the same thing. How it's lost on people, I'll never understand. Well, I guess I do if, you, if you're only connected to the worldly things and just stay in that world, then it's, yeah, you're going to be stuck there. All right, well, now we're going to move forward. We're going to move to Psalm 96.5. So chapter 96. Verse 5, for all the gods of the nations are idols, but the Lord made the heavens. See, all these nations, all these little countries and territories and so forth and so on can make their little gods and stuff like that, but it means nothing because the Lord made the heavens, which is far greater than all of that. So who are you worshiping? All right, we're going to move to Psalm, chapter 106, verse 36. So I'll give you a moment to get there. Uh, I know, I'm going a little fast. I, sometimes I feel like I'm going to make the podcast too short, and sometimes I feel like I'm going to make it too long, and I, I don't want to be too long-winded, as I've been known to be. So, Psalm 106, verse 36. And they served their idols which were a snare unto them. Why? Why is it a snare unto them? Because it stops them, it blinds them. You can't see past the idols to get to see what the truth is. All right, chapter, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 115, verse 4. Their idols are silver and gold. The work... Remember that, the work of men's hands. It's not of God. It tells you right here, these idols that are being made of silver and gold in those times are the work of men's hands. Not men's, it doesn't say the work of men's hands guided by God or guided by the Holy Spirit or guided by some angel. No, 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 no. Men's hands. Pretty simple. 
We're going to jump a little ahead here in Psalms 135, verse 15. The idols of the heathen are silver and gold, the work of men's hands. I know it sounds like the other verse, but right here it says it talks about heathen. That's important to know. Heathen, the heathen. The sinners are concerned about this. We're not talking about trading silver and gold to survive in the world or anything like that. And like today's economy, we get the silver and gold. That's not what we're talking about. Not even close. All right. We're going to move on to Isaiah. I need to read Isaiah again. I need to do Isaiah more often and, and talk about Isaiah, not only here, but with my kids. And it, it is pretty powerful, and that, it, along with Jeremiah, Ezekiel. Actually, we're in Ezekiel right now. Actually, we're reading, as a, as a family, we're reading Ezekiel again. Isaiah chapter 2, verse 8. Their land also is full of idols. They worship the work of their own hands, that which their own fingers have made. I was just talking about this previously. We talked about it wasn't the finger of God and the hand of God. No, 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 no. These are built by them. They're graven images. They're idols. They're, they're, they're wrong. They're just sinful. They're made by man. They're, they're carved out. They're in... And, oh, you know, that's the other thing. What is the definition of graven image? What's the definition of graven? The definition is actually, and I wrote this down, deeply impressed, firmly fixed, carved, sculptured. So when somebody goes, oh, these aren't molten images. I mean, these are carved by hand and chiseled out. Well, well right, that's what a graven image is, right? Graven, right here, carved, sculptured. That's what it is. And we are not to partake in that. But you keep on peddling that lie there, uh, Satan Vatican. Yeah. So those idols will be torn down eventually. And probably in a much more powerful fashion than the ones here in America were taking a while. The Ulysses Grants and the Robert E. Lees and the... George Washington's and Thomas Jefferson, all those ones there. Whatever they're tearing down that next, I have no idea. All right, now we're going to go into Isaiah chapter 10. And there's other ones that, in Isaiah before chapter 10 to talk about this. But we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 10, uh, verse 11. Actually, let's read from 10 and 11. Or chapter 10, verses 10 and 11. As my hand hath found the kingdoms of the idols, and whose graven images did excel them of Jerusalem, goodbye, and of Samaria, shall I not, as I have done unto Samaria and her idols, so do to Jerusalem and her idols? Yikes. Isaiah chapter 19, verse 1. The burden of Egypt... Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud, and shall come into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. I apologize, I took a drink of water there. This is live, this is not, uh, I don't edit this, so. Uh, 
uh, where are we now? Chapter 19, verses, verse 3. And the spirit of Egypt shall fail in the midst thereof. Again, Egypt is a bad place, man. It's a very bad place. Do you not understand this? A lot of bad came out of Egypt. Well, Joseph was in Egypt. That's a different story. You're, you're, you're twisting at that point. He was not a bad thing out of Egypt. He wasn't from Egypt. He went to Egypt. Like Abraham, who went to... Uh, anyways, we're going to uh, move on. And the spirit of Egypt shall fail in the midst thereof, and I will destroy the counsel thereof, and they shall seek to the idols, and to the charmers, and to them that have familiar spirits, and to the wizards. Again, we have another verse comparing idols to sorcery, to wizards, and all of that. How can you not see that and understand? Isaiah chapter 31, verse 7. For in that day every man shall cast away his idols of silver, and his idols of gold, which your own hands have made unto you for a sin. All oh, these beautiful works, these works, these beautiful works. Yeah, works of sin. Sin. All right, now we're going to move into Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 2. Declare ye among the nations, and publish, and set up a standard. Publish and conceal not. Say, Babylon is taken. Bel is confounded. Merodach is broken in pieces. Her idols are confounded. Her images are broken in pieces. And the, the Roman Catholic Church is the church of what? I'm sorry. Mother Church? She? Her? Mother? Yeah. Princess Diana? Not, I'm sorry, not, not Princess Diana of, like, you know, of uh, Wales, England, or whatever. I, I don't know. But you know who I'm talking about, Charles and Diana. Yeah. Sorry. Chapter, I'm sorry, we're going to go into Ezekiel. Chapter 6, verse 5. And I will lay the dead carcasses of the children of Israel before their idols, and I will scatter your bones round about your altars. When I think about this verse, when I read this verse, I think about all the, the Jews that are not truly following God or who have rejected him. So all the children upon the, you know, just throwing before what they were worshiping, those temples and synagogues that were of, uh, of Satan, the ones of Satan, I just, uh, Ezekiel chapter 6, verse 9. Huh. And they that escape of you shall remember me among the nations, whither they shall be carried captives, because I am broken with their whorish heart, which hath departed from me, and with their eyes which go a-whoring after their idols, and they shall loathe themselves 
for the evils which they have committed in all their abominations. You look at the world today, it fits. They, people are whoring after these people that they celebrate and look up to in these either these sports industries or these musicians or these actors and all of this stuff. These and 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 then they feel empty. They these some of these people followed it so much and they couldn't figure out what did I do for so long. You know, I'll, I'll think about people of uh, uh, who follow like the '80s bands, and 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 uh, even if you go go into the '90s with the uh, um, the New Kids on the Block and the uh, uh, the Bell Biff DeVos and all that, they're like, oh wow, I'm old and I wasted all that time, and and I, what did it get me? Nothing. It got me nothing. I'm I'm no more fulfilled than I was then. I'm just as empty as I was at that time. All right, we're going to go to Hosea da, 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 chapter 8, verse 4. Let me get over to it. You know, Ezekiel it's, it's a, it talks a lot, just an extensive amount of, it, of Ezekiel. It talks about idols. All right, chapter 8, verses four, verse 4. And there's a reason, there's two reasons why I, I, I go to this verse. And, and I'll tell you after I read it. They have set up kings, but not by me. They have made princes, and I knew it not. Of their silver and their gold have they made them idols, that they may be cut off. So, I think about governments. You know, a lot of uh, uh, people talk about, well, God made the governments. Yes, he made the standard of governments and made people create a government, but he never once said that you have to follow all governments no matter what. If they cross God, they're done, and you shall not follow. 1 Corinthians. Now we're getting into some good stuff, or now we're into uh, New Testament. So now it's not just Old Testament. I, I like to talk about that because a lot of people will have an argument like, well, that was just Old Testament. Uh, it wasn't New Testament. Well, a lot of New Testament is pretty much like the Old Testament, except for certain things. We get, get into the crazy stuff like the Mosaic Laws and Leviticus and what you eat and so forth. But the, the moral laws still say, stay the same. Uh, I, I always tell people, I feel like uh, if it repeats itself in the New Testament, then it's still legit um, to make it simple. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. As concerning, therefore, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice unto idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world, and that there is none other God but one. There's only one. And what does it say? We know that an idol is nothing in the world. It means nothing. Nothing. Because there is only God. Yeah. Now, we talked about all these things, and now the, the Roman Catholic churches, you know, in a lot of places, they have these graven images everywhere. Even your Protestant churches has got these big statues or these huge, giant crosses and these big ornament dis ornamental displays and all of this stuff you know i still am baffled that why any protestant even goes to church on sunday i think it's funny after the catholic church has already told you that they changed it from saturday to sunday 
Now, don't take that to mean that I'm a Seventh-day Advent, which I am not. But I am saying that they are more correct being on Saturday than they are on Sunday. And yet your Baptist and your Pentecostal churches, well, they got tradition, you know. They got to keep with what they've always known. You hate to break up your system. So I'm basically going to end it on 2 Corinthians. Chapter 6, verse 16. And we talk about idols, temples, and all these things. The molten images, <laughs> raven images, you know. You got all these things going on. Let's read Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The temple is you. You are the temple of the living God. No, you aren't God. You are not the temple by itself and God by itself. You are not a little God, but you are the temple of the living God. So all these idols and everything they put up, it's all a sin. Every statue, every ornamental display is a sin. I've angered people with the nativity scene. You turn that into... A Christmas thing, and you you you've destroyed the story, anyways, because it's not even accurate. It's not the the way they, I, anyways. I just want to read that last one one more time, Second Corinthians chapter six verse sixteen. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God had said. I will dwell in them and walk in them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. That is not only powerful but beautiful. It's amazing. And sometimes we forget when we walk, even those who become born again and they struggle and they feel like they need to go back to a building Remember, you are not supposed to be there. You do not need to go to church. Now, if I was to change, which I'm not, but if you want to make it clear, uh, to make it simply more understandable, like an ESV is supposed to, or a CEB, or whatever version you're reading nowadays, remember all those are from the Alexandrian side, not the Antioch side. Neither is the NIV. The NIV is... Absolutely against it. We'll get a new King James Version too a little bit down the road because that has Jehovah Witness stuff in it. So you tell me. Um, but you are a church. You of the living God, right? Temple of the living God. You, you yourself, the people are the church of God. And that is in the, in the Bible. You, you are. The building is not. 
And in Matthew chapter 24, I think it is, or 18, I'm always oh, terrible at remembering, where two or three are gathered. Not two or three hundred. Remember that. Two or three. Not two and three hundred. I want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. I, I, I appreciate it. I truly do. Um, I know my listeners are very low, and it, it, that does not concern me. If I did it for listeners, I probably would stop, but it's about continually to push the word. If one person hears me, as if one person hears you also, maybe they tell one other person. And if there's at least one person that you can bring the word of God to and to bring the truth, every moment is worth it. And with that, I say thank you. God bless you. Have a beautiful evening. Good night.